This is episode 64, Rebel or Control Freak, Why We Bounce from Being Overly Strict with Ourselves to Giving Up with Amanda. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. Wanted to start out by thanking all of you who have left a rating or review. I do read the reviews, and a couple of you have said something to me specifically, and I just want you to know I got it and thank you. And if you haven't left a rating or review and you have a minute or two to do so, it means a lot to me and the show. So just hop over to iTunes, search for Over It and On With It, and it's really easy to do. I also want to share with you an exciting way to connect with me more. So I've started something called my Inner Circle. And this is a way to be in my community and get direct access to me and live coaching calls and a private Facebook community and guided meditations and visualizations and life hack habits and all my kind of behind the scenes tips for prosperity and health and fitness and beauty and all kinds of stuff. It's a membership community and each month we focus on a different quality to embody and I'm going to be doing tons of videos and lots more teaching and it's just a really, really cool opportunity to connect with other like-minded people as well. So it's open now if you go to christinehassler.com slash inner circle. It's basically a monthly membership and you can cancel at any time. So if you resonate with this work, if you want to take it even deeper, if you want to really get some discipline and practice into your life and also have access to coaching calls with me where you can get coached live, take advantage of this. And the people that have signed up, people that are already in it are amazing. So it's open to men and women, all different ages. Again, Christine Hassler dot com slash inner circle. Would love to get to know you better over there. So come join me at the inner circle. So the holiday season is upon us and it's a wonderful time of year and also a time when a lot of stress and family drama and feelings of loneliness and some expectation hangovers can come up. So Before I dive into this episode, I wanted to give you a few tips, and I actually just finished doing a Facebook Live about this, and I had a lot of fun doing it, so I thought I'd summarize it here. And if you want to catch more of my Facebook Lives, just make sure to follow me at Christine Hassler, because I'm doing about one per week, maybe more. So the first thing I want to talk about is stress when it comes to the holiday season. Stress over the holidays is completely optional. And I think why so many people stress out is because there's way too much emphasis on stuff and gifts and hosting the perfect party and having the perfect outfit to wear to a holiday party and making sure that we're busy enough and we have enough invites. And it's just such a waste of energy to focus on all those things. And we lose focus on what's most important, gratitude and connection. This is a time of year where things do slow down a bit. So why add stress? Instead of focusing on presence in terms of gifts, focus on being present, being really present in your life and with the people that you love and create new traditions that are not about stuff or eating. In your family, if you're buying gifts for everybody, maybe this year you do a secret Santa and just get a gift for one person 
And maybe this year the emphasis isn't on the food or the decorations, but it's more about playing a game or asking interesting questions, just things that create the connection and truly create the memories. Next, to avoid a holiday expectation hangover, ditch your expectations. There's so much pressure around having the perfect holiday. And I really see this come up when people get lonely because they're not in a relationship or they're far away from their family. And they have this expectation that without the romance or without the family, they can't have an amazing holiday. And that's just not true. So maybe write a list of all your expectations, everything you think the holiday is supposed to be, and then rip it up and create your holiday season by being intentional, by writing a list or even writing out an ideal scene of what you'd like this holiday season to be about. Maybe this year isn't about parties and travel and family and friends. Maybe it's a little bit about that, but it's more about you connecting to yourself, connecting to your higher power. Or if if you do deal with loneliness, maybe the only reason you're suffering is because you're judging yourself as being alone. And maybe that's a beautiful thing. Perhaps it's a gift. And this is your time to deepen your spiritual practice or go serve others. One of the things that makes my holiday season always a lot brighter is I do some kind of volunteer work and I get out of my own head and my own life and I go and serve others. So if you're feeling lonely, if you're dealing with any kind of pity party, go out and be of service. It will put an end to your pity party immediately. I also want to talk briefly about family drama. Avoid it by not expecting them to change. A lot of us who are on the personal growth path, especially, you know, we're changing and we then have temporary amnesia and we forget that our families aren't necessarily doing this work and they might not change. So don't expect them to change and please don't think you can change them. And stop engaging in conversations where you get defensive. If someone says something to you where you feel the need to defend or be right, just let it go. Say, I hear you. Okay, we can agree to disagree. And also you can consider not going. So many people run off to family events or parties because they feel obligated or they feel guilty if they don't go. Obligation and guilt is not love. So maybe this year you make some self-honoring choices by RSVP no to some events. And the final thing I want to say to avoid an expectation hangover this holiday season is make plans and create agreements with people. Don't wait to get invited. Don't make assumptions. Take 100% responsibility for making this a beautiful holiday season by making your plans, inviting people over, creating events, or even asking if you can join into things. I shared on my Facebook Live that a friend just told me today that he had no plans for the holidays. And I said, well, you can join me. It was a no-brainer, but I didn't know he had no plans. I just assumed he did. So sometimes you have to tell people that you're alone and that you'd love to join them. And you'll find that a lot of people are willing to open up their homes. All right, so let's dive into this episode. It's a really touching call. My session today is with Amanda, whose question is about how she can stop obsessing about calorie counting and her physical appearance and working out and all that. But as is the case in so many of the calls on this show, our conversation goes a much different direction than just coaching her on how to stop obsessing about her body. We cover a lot of ground in this call, so be sure to listen to my breakdown after the call. And as you're listening, consider, are you a bit of a control freak in your life? Are there areas where you are obsessive or rigid? Or do you have an inner rebel? 
the part of you that acts out in some way or is engaging in addictive behavior? Are you in some kind of profession where you are not practicing what you are preaching? Is your self-talk pretty negative? And would you like to shift it? So keep these questions in mind as we listen into my call with Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. So basically, just a little bit of backstory. I am currently a health coach and a strength and conditioning coach. And five years ago, I actually came off of methadone from a heroin addiction. Mm. So during that time, I actually gained about 50 to 60 pounds. And when I came off of it, I then developed an addiction to exercise and food. So disordered eating emerged and I lost nearly 100 pounds. So from that, um, I lost my libido. I lost my period. I was skin and bones. Since then, I have become weight restored and my period did come back. So it's still quite irregular. And my libido is still low, and I think it's related to stress and control. So basically, a question, I'm still obsessed with food and numbers. I don't track anymore, but mentally, I still do. I used to weigh, measure, and keep track of every single gram for almost five years. So now I try to eat intuitively, but I still have trouble trusting my body. And I can't seem to get the numbers out of my head, even with all the work I have done. Basically, I'm just mentally exhausted, and I feel like trapped in this and I I don't know how to get out even though I teach people how to get out of this. When you teach them, how do you teach them? Basically it's going back into their past and figuring out why this all started and it always ends up having to do with feelings of low self-worth and I feel like I've done so much work in the last few years to get over that but there's just It's almost like I'm just so scared of gaining weight again and losing control. And honestly, I don't know. I feel like I've thought of this from every angle and I can't seem to, can't part go. Well, I really acknowledge your honesty. I really acknowledge your level of awareness and I acknowledge how you've, you know, turned your own suffering into your passion and you're helping other people. You know, the external things to do, you know, the practical things to do. So that that's mm-hmm. not the core of the issue. This seems like it's more an emotional, spiritual issue. So let me ask you this. So what was growing up like for you? Well, I have a brother and sister who are eight and nine years older than me, and I'm the youngest. So growing up, I, I was the quintessential last born child. I was spoiled. It seemed like I got everything I wanted. And my brother and sister were growing up at a much different time than me. They moved out of the house early. They both had some issues with drugs and alcohol. So it was pretty chaotic at that time. And then by the time I hit 16, I just rebelled against my parents completely. And that's when all my issues really started with drugs and alcohol as well. So at 16, you started to rebel. And when you started to rebel, can you remember sort of what your thinking or feeling was like at that time that motivated the rebellion? I feel like my parents, especially my dad, had a life that he wanted for me or was living almost vicariously through me. And they were very strict with me in that my life was just, it was sports and school. And if I did anything outside of that, I was letting them down. So I did exactly that. And I completely rebelled and did everything that they didn't want me to do. Okay. So growing up, your parents were really strict and you didn't feel like you had a lot of freedom. Yeah. Okay. 
So a lot of times what happens, Amanda, is we end up parenting ourselves the way we were parented, even if we didn't like it, because that's the only model we have. Mm-hmm. So would you say that you know your parents love you? Yes. Okay. So whatever, if we know our parents love us, we tend to pair up however they parented us, like the, whatever behavior they exhibited with love. So on sort of an unconscious level, you have control paired up with love, like control and being strict is how you love someone and take care of them. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. But at the same time, part of you is like, screw this. I want to do what I want. And you went way to the other extreme and rebelled and even started doing, you know, not just any drugs. You did heroin, which is, you know, pretty intense. So that just shows how much you, you were fighting against that. Right? But whatever we fight against the most, we end up struggling with the most and we don't resolve it by going to the other extreme. It's sort of like, have you ever heard that bullies are probably being bullied at home? Like bullies are actually really insecure because it's like the two extremes, right? So that's sort of what's what's playing out. You've got this part that's super strict and controlled and then you try to deal with it by being by being a rebel and now you're kind of back to the control because – you recovered, which I so acknowledge you for. That is that is not an easy addiction to get off of. So I just really want you to hear and feel how strong you are and how committed you are. Like really, Amanda, that that's that's incredible. And that demonstrates, you know, the strength of heart that you have. So that being said, how you're trying to quote unquote take care of yourself is controlling yourself, because that's the only way you know. And so Mm -hmm. the food measuring and the obsessing is just your attempt to love yourself and your attempt to care for yourself. Does that make sense Mm -hmm. so far? So how old are you now? 27. 27. Okay. And have you ever had anyone in your life who was like maybe a different kind of like parental archetype who was really loving and really encouraging and really supportive and not strict, just really let you be who you wanted to be, but you always knew they loved you unconditionally and they had your back. Have you ever had anyone in your life like that? My partner currently is that in my life. Okay. Tell me, tell me about your partner. Um, well, we actually dated him and I dated when we were in high school and we were kindled our relationship about three years ago. So he's been with me through this massive transformation. So he's loved me when I was 200 pounds, when I was 100 pounds, when I am how I am now. And I'm very, I'm a very open and honest person. And I even share all my experiences through a blog and I write it out for people to see. And he's so supportive of everything. But for some reason, I... Even with him, I go into sabotage mode and I feel like I'm going to destroy a relationship, even though it's everything I could ever want in every aspect. Right. Because deep down, you're afraid you don't deserve it. See, deep down, sweetheart, I think you still believe you're broken and you're constantly, consistently trying to fix yourself. So the, the other sort of good news in all this is you've attracted yourself a partner who is modeling to you how you need to be with yourself. So the fact that you've gotten yourself off heroin, the fact that you have attracted a partner who is modeling to you this kind of love that you want to give to yourself, 
is all indicators of your potential and what you're truly capable of. And now Mm -hmm. it's just really time for you to make even more of a commitment to reparenting yourself. It's like, I feel like you're trying to solve this by sharing your story and helping other people. And that's great. That's great. I acknowledge that. And I'm not saying stop doing that. But what's mm-hmm. not happening is it, there's not an, you're not directing enough towards yourself. Yeah, that resonates. <laughs> yeah. I think by telling other people that it's going to help me because I get so many emails saying how it's helped them. But then I'm on the other side of the screen thinking I'm still so broken. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you're not. You're just human. And this is your sole curriculum. So mm-hmm. what would it take? What would it take for you, Amanda, to believe that you're not broken? What would you need to know? I don't even know what I would need to know. I would just need to to trust myself more. And like the one of the last things is just these numbers in my head all day going nonstop. Like it's just mentally exhausting. I would just need to know that my body will be where it needs to be and trust that and that it's found its happy place. But can you see how that's an external thing that's still still trying to control your body? Yeah. 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 So it's still coming from the belief that you're broken and there's something you need to fix. Mm -hmm. And there's sort of an over-identification with your exterior and with your body because I don't know that you ever got to figure out who you were. You know, part of the challenge with growing up with siblings that are that old, much older is you sort of grow up in their shadow a bit. Yeah. And I don't know that you know who Amanda is. So you've constructed a persona and you're very identified with your physical appearance, but sweetheart, that's not who you are. Yeah. That's not who you are. Yeah. So who are you outside of, you know, the roles you play in life in your physical body. What makes you, you, what makes you unique? See, it's interesting because I feel like there's two Amandas. I feel like there's the one who wasn't affected by everything that happened to her growing up and she's fun and she's carefree and she's ambitious and she's happy. And then there's the one that seems to present herself all the time. Who's self-conscious around other people and jealous and scared and and yeah it makes it hard to know who I really am in situations because I in my head I can feel how I want to be acting but I'm so tired and pissed off that I I don't portray that or if I do I feel like I'm forcing it so let's call these Amanda one and Amanda two okay what would Amanda one say to what Amanda two said right now Speak from that place inside of you that knows who she is and that that you describe that is fun and connected and confident. I'd say that you can be yourself and the right people will love you for who you are. And you are kind and you do know how to have fun. And you are that little girl that you were before everything changed you. Mm-hmm. And tell... Tell Amanda to you more about what that little girl is like. She believes in herself. She dreams big. She 
she cares. She cares about the right thing. She cares about being a good person and about helping people and about being kind to herself and treating herself the way she treats so many other people. And she is lovable and she is worthy. <laughs> it's hard doing it. <laughs> What'd you say? It's what? It's hard doing it to myself to do are similar questions to what I ask people and it's very different being on the other end. Right. How does it feel? (laughs) It feels good. I, it's almost like I feel like I don't know how to talk to myself. Like I still feel that resistance that I'm not worthy of these things. Right. So what do you think is going to help you more sitting around and trying to figure out how to shift this or every day starting to talk to yourself more from that place of Amanda one? Yeah, definitely just talking to myself more. Yeah. So, you know, we we have, we in terms of our mind and our thoughts, it's like we have mental real estate. And right now, you're building a lot of houses in the neighborhood of measuring numbers and food and thinking about your body. That's where your mental real estate is going. Imagine if you started investing in building houses in positive self-talk and connecting with that little girl and parenting yourself in a way that's full of unconditional love and support rather than the strictness because that's what this is so much of what this is about it's rediscovering who you are which you you're connected to you have a strong connection to that and then also updating how you parent yourself and moving from the control and the strict to the loving Because again, you think that controlling and being strict with yourself is love and self-care. And what I'm here to say is it's not. Your parents, they did the best they could, but from what you're telling me, they parented you with a lot of fear. A lot of times parents worry so much about their kids and they... They're very strict because that's the only way they think they can keep their kids safe. Also, if a parent isn't happy with his or her life, they can try to relive their life through their children. Now, what I want to point out to you is you're doing that with your clients. Exactly Mm -hmm. what your dad did to you, you're doing with your clients. You're living through them. You're trying to use them to help you. Yeah. Well, so what's present for you now? What's coming up for you now? I'm just realizing that I need to practice what I teach. I tell people to focus on themselves and do the work. And I keep telling myself that I'm not as far as I need to be and I should be more successful and I should be when really I just should be doing the work that I prescribe. Yeah. 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 And a lot of this is going to come to doing some healing work with your parents. I don't know if you, how long you've been in my community, but the signature retreat that I do, there's another one coming up in March. It would be highly beneficial for you to come and sort of process some of the the old kind of pain and belief systems and even the addiction, like to get it out of your kind of emotional body. You know, everybody is different and there's different coaching I do with different people on this podcast. And there's a lot I'm telling you in terms of 
how to think differently and how to talk to yourself differently. And my sense is that there's also just some hurts and some wounds that you could use some assistance with in cleaning up. Yeah. In a really safe, nurturing love container because even with, you know, healing from the heroin, you had to be strict with that. And, you know, Amanda, there's a part of you that just needs to like almost like be held and and let yourself kind of fall apart and just be so held and so supported and show that be shown that you can quote unquote lose control and be okay. Yeah. Right now, everything I've done when I've lost control, it's been an extreme. Like I lost control and got addicted to drugs. I lost right. control and a lot of weight or I lost control and I binge ate. So yeah, what you're saying is really resonating because I feel like when I, when I'm not meticulous, I lose control and it's always in a self-sabotaging way. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe start with, have you read Expectation Hangover? Have you read that one? I have it sitting beside me right now. I just started it. Okay. Well, perfect timing. (laughs) Perfect timing. So it's a good time to, to dig into that. And, you know, we've, we've, We've gotten a lot of puzzle pieces, right, in our session today. And so it really, this is going to, you know, take for you a holistic approach, you know, dealing with the past, dealing with the emotions, shifting the thoughts and shifting the self-talk, shifting the behavior. And and also, you know, if you're open to it, uh, a deeper spiritual connection, like really connecting to that place of, of faith that is comforting during those times when we feel like we don't have control. And, you know, control is an illusion anyway. Yeah. 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 But again, I just want to acknowledge you and remind you, given, you know, what you've been through and what you've been able to get over and what you've brought into your life, you're on, you're really, you really made a lot of progress and you have, you have such a strong soul. Thank you. You really do. And you can believe in that. But I want to just say it to you again, control, restriction, being strict and hard on yourself is not self-care and it is not loving and trying to heal yourself or feel a certain way through other people is just playing out what you didn't like your dad did with you. Yeah. (laughs) So it's time to be your own best client and your own best partner the way your partner is with you, you need to be with yourself. The way you are with your clients, you need to be with yourself. The way I'm, you know, in my session with you today, I'm very much in my mother energy. Yeah? You feel that? Yeah, I and, can definitely Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, I'm modeling to you how to be with you. Okay. That warm, nurturing, like, baby, it's okay. You're okay. That kind of energy. Okay. The other thing I'd suggest doing, do you have a dog? I do not, no. Would you be open to getting a dog? <laughs> I'm very open to it. My partner is not right now. <laughs> well, maybe if you come to him very vulnerably, you can even blame yeah. it on this crazy podcast host, <laughs> Christine Hassler, <laughs> and say, you know, I'm really learning about unconditional love. and. I'm committed to learning and I also, honey, don't want to become codependent on you, right? Because there's a danger there of becoming like sourcing, using him to source all your love. You know, and I really want to be a better partner and I don't want to sabotage and I I need something 
I can practice on. <laughs> and a dog, you know, that unconditional love and caring for that, for you to have that in your life every day, I think could be healing for you. And maybe if you can't get one, maybe you can go volunteer somewhere. Maybe you can foster. But I think that would help. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So how do you feel now? <laughs> My mind's a little blown with what you can do in 20 minutes. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm pretty overwhelmed right now. And just, uh, I'm excited, to be honest. I feel like finally I have some answers on things I've been working for for so long. And you really kind of laid some things out that showed me why I do what I'm doing. So. Well, yeah. you you were ready to hear them. That's why they came through. Yeah. So it's just another example of how ready you are. Yeah. Yeah. You can believe in yourself. Believe in yourself rather than controlling yourself and being strict with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and just to complete, can you just spend just a little time, like 30 seconds or so, longer if you'd like, just acknowledging yeah. yourself. Like I acknowledge myself for... Out loud? Yes, please, out loud. <laughs> Makes for better uh, podcasting when you do it out loud. <laughs> um, I acknowledge myself for overcoming addiction, for changing my life because I wanted to, not because somebody else wanted me to. I acknowledge myself for following what I felt called to do and doing what I thought was right in the moment. Um, I acknowledge myself for the work that I have done so far and the work that I'm going to do to parent myself and to treat myself better and treat myself how I treat others, just with love and compassion and kindness. And I acknowledge myself for even getting on this phone call today because I was absolutely terrified. And I think that's because I knew that I was finally going to learn that final piece that I needed to really catapult me into my healing. Mm. And I acknowledge myself for finally being ready to hear it. I have goosebumps all over. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. And I'm sweating. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I deeply, deeply, deeply acknowledge you your courage, your strength of heart, your path. And I'm so honored to have served you today. Thank you so much. Such a beautiful call. And I love how Amanda really opened up and relaxed and became more comfortable and gentle with herself as we talked. I want to break down a few things from this call. First, the biggest thing that I taught her that I want to share with you is how we often pair certain behaviors with love. For example, we know our parents are supposed to love us, so the way they parent us we think is love. In Amanda's case, it was being strict. Because she knew her parents loved her and they were strict, she formed a correlation between being strict slash controlling with love. So she's attempting to parent herself and care for herself and love herself the way her parents did with her, which is being controlling and being strict with herself. That is a big part of the food calorie counting obsession. She believes that's how she keeps herself safe, just like her parents thought being strict would keep her safe. 
The problem is this is a very fear-based version of safety, and like Amanda shared, it's exhausting. Now, the other thing that was at play in Amanda's case was a history of rebelling, which makes perfect sense because when we have one extreme that feels limited in some way, we go to the other extreme in an attempt to get free from the first extreme. (laughs) Did that make sense? Let me break it down. So she felt super, super controlled. To get out of that, that led to being rebellious and acting out so she could be free of feeling so control. And that led to getting into addictive behavior, specifically heroin, as an attempt to escape the suffocation of control and strictness. But then she had to get back into control to be able to have the willpower to get off the drugs, and then she was feeling back to being tormented by her own strictness. So I hope this is making sense to you and perhaps connecting some dots in your own life. So think about what have you paired up with love? For example, if in your family it was all about overgiving and overpleasing, are you doing that in your own life? Are you giving and giving and giving and giving to people because that's how you think that you get love, but you're kind of exhausted? Or maybe in your family, people were very, very critical and you formed the belief that, oh, well, if I'm critical of myself, that makes me better, you know? Because a lot of times if we have critical parents and we know they love us, we think the criticism is an attempt to make us better because they love us and then we become our own inner critic and that's how we motivate ourselves, and that's how we attempt to make ourselves quote unquote better. So consider that. Where have you bounced between two extremes? Maybe control and rebel, victim and perpetrator, being overly critical of yourself and resignation, martyr and savior, and so on. And then the resolution is really to come back to love, as you heard me do with Amanda, to come back to that pure part of us that knows we are safe and lovable just as who we are, and shift the way we are with ourselves, the way we talk to ourselves, what we believe about ourselves, and our behavior. And we can't shift ourselves by going out and trying to save other people. I see a lot of coaches and health professionals get into this profession because they have, you know, personal experience with it, but don't always practice what they preach and attempt to save themselves through serving others, which is really, really hard to do because as you heard Amanda say, she sees herself writing these blogs and talking to her clients in a way that she's not talking to herself. So although she gets great satisfaction from helping people, she also felt like a hypocrite. And so yes, go and be of service, share your story, help others, but make yourself your own best client. You also heard me coach Amanda through identifying her two selves so she could really see she had both, the part of her that knew she was lovable and whole and complete, and the part of her that was more in the controlling critical behavior. And you saw how she was able to listen to both those voices and connect more to Amanda one. So that's important work for all of you to do, and especially you coaches out there to really show people that they do have a wisdom voice inside them, that they do have a part of them that's connected to that pure, untainted part, that part of them that knows they're whole and complete and loving. So some assignments for you. Identify certain behaviors or ways of being that you have cross-wired with love and deconstruct them. Find that part of you who knows who you are like Amanda found in Amanda 1 and connect to that part regularly. And also consider getting a pet. Like You heard my recommendation to Amanda to get a dog. A pet is a beautiful way to really learn unconditional love 
without getting into codependence. You know, my concern with Amanda, with her partner, is that she may be a little codependent on him. You know, he was her source of unconditional love, but that's a little more difficult to do with humans when we're not loving ourselves because then we expect that human to be our source of love. It's a little easier and less likely to form codependent patterns with a pet that doesn't have the sort of human dynamics that we do. So a dog or a cat, something like that where you can really learn and receive that unconditional love is a great healing remedy. And finally, if you're in the pattern of either control or rebel or you're bouncing between the two of them, it is a great time to start a spiritual practice. So many times when we're in either control or rebel, we're in fear. We're trying to control things to prevent things from happening or reacting against things because we feel so suffocated. That middle ground is often finding that spiritual connection, that place of peace, that place of trust. So consider deepening in your meditation practice or starting one to begin with, beginning some kind of spiritual inquiry or prayer, working with a spiritual teacher of some kind because that's really where you'll be able to come back into balance. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. I'm sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next week. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.